So we just crossed 500K ARR. So we Congrats. just crossed. Thank you. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey, folks, my guest today is Melissa Kwan. She's the co-founder and CEO of eWebinar, an automated webinar platform that saves people from doing the same webinar over and over again. She's a third-time founder, bootstrapper, and digital nomad. Her previous company, Spacio, was acquired in 2019. Melissa, you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, absolutely. That previous company, did you bootstrap that one as well? I did. Nice. It was much harder. I was going to say, so have you, have, do you have the yin and the yang? Have you raised on one and then bootstrapped the other? Can you compare? Well, we have never raised venture capital. I mean, we had some like family and friends. Um, so, I mean, do you consider that bootstrapping? Um, I mean, I consider bootstrapping someone to me is bootstrapped if they're very capital efficient, which means the way I measure that is you've raised less than one X your ARR. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I've never raised venture capital. Um, I actually, my LinkedIn post today, um, the title of that is I once took money from an investor and it's private investor. He invested about 250K. And that made me realize the only person who needs to give you money is your customers. This is in Spacio? Um, yes, it was. Okay, come on. Give us the quick detail. What happened? What did you like not like about it? Not, not Nothing against this person, maybe personally, yeah. but just in general. Yeah. I mean, it turns out, Nathan, that there is no free money. And so um, it turns out that when you take someone else's money, you are responsible for reporting to them um, and all these things that you didn't have to do when you were truly your own boss. And I don't think people realize what that means. I didn't even take venture capital. I had nobody on my board. And it was still an added layer of pressure that I didn't have. And while bootstrapping is extremely difficult, because I'm, I'm also doing it now, um, I just would never give up the freedom that it comes with. Guys, if you're sitting there watching this on YouTube going, amen, give Melissa some love here. Hit that <laughs> like button, comment below. Melissa, tell us about eWebinar. What's the product do? So it's, uh, as exactly as you say, it's um, it saves people from doing the exact same webinar over and over again. So you can imagine demos, onboarding trainings, especially for SaaS companies. Um, you are probably constantly doing those things maybe live on Zoom or something else, or putting it on YouTube, which isn't as interactive. So this product was actually designed for bootstrappers because this was a problem that I personally lived with, with Spacio for five years and a product that I dreamt of having every single day. So you can imagine like how much more efficient you can be if someone else is running all of your demos, your onboarding and trainings, and you never have to do them live. Yep. So I want to talk about strategy and then get into your growth and how you've added customers. On the strategy side, I imagine there's people listening right now going, I've thought about automated webinars, but it feels weird inviting my list to an automated webinar. It feels like I'm tricking my users. I'm sure you hear this all the time. How do you get around yeah. that? Well, I think it's only tricking your users when you start by telling them it's live when it's not. Because authenticity, especially when you are bootstrapping, is your currency. You can... It spends, you, you can spend years building your credibility and just seconds to destroy it. 
So we are advocates of please do not trick your customers. Do not tell them it's live when it's not. You should be open and honest to tell them, hey, this webinar is recorded, but I'm managing the chat which is exactly what we allow you to do. Ah, and so that's who, the trick, right? Because that's my problem. Right? If, you, if I say it's a recorded webinar, people are going to go, well, then I'm not going to click through the email and attend because it's just recorded. That's boring. But you say, and I'm live managing the chat. That's what you say. That's the trick. Yeah. I mean, it is a it is a trick and it's not because the, the chat is asynchronous, right? It's, it's like intercom. It's like Zenda. So we interact with asynchronous chat every single day on websites, on our support. Why can't we have that on an automated webinar? This is actually the feature that allows you to fully automate your webinars 24-7 and never miss an opportunity to communicate your customer or your prospect. That was actually the missing thing that I had in my previous company. And I think, Nathan, anyone who even says, like, oh, I feel like tricking my customers, they've probably looked at other solutions before and thought, oh, this is super scammy. And <laughs> I was one of those people. Or they and got suckered I, into someone else's marketing that was selling a live webinar. They spent time, they showed up, and they realized it wasn't. And then they just hated those automated webinars for everyone. Well, yeah, exactly. I, I think this is actually one of the biggest hurdles that we have to get through is yeah. how do we change that preconceived notion and build truly the Netflix of webinars, mm -hmm. not the scammy automated webinars that people might know of previously. So Melissa, what do you charge for this? What do customers pay per month on average? So it starts at 49 a month. We charge by number of published webinars. So not, once you publish it, you can set a recurring schedule. So you can run it 100 times, 200 times per month. Um, and then it kind of goes up from there. So we do not charge by number of users or number of attendees like most other people do. Interesting. And so obviously some people pay 50. What is the big, can you tell me what the big, don't name the customer, what's the biggest customer yeah. pay you per month? So we max out at $10 per webinar per month. And our biggest customers has about right now, 210, uh, 210 webinars and counting. Per month? So, per month. So that's, so, that's like, two, that's like two, two, two grand a month then from your biggest customer. Yeah. And you can okay. imagine the manpower that actually substitutes to run 200 webinars concurrently oh, every huge. single month. Crazy. Huge. Yeah, I totally get it. That's, it's amazing. I mean, I, we do webinars and there are a lot of freaking work. So that makes sense to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. So you started at 50 bucks a month and then put all this on a timeline for me. When did you launch the business? What year? July 2020. So it's been two years since the product has seen the light of day. Um, we built it for about a year and a half before it was, it was actually like, so myself, my co-founder, we had a dev team. So one thing I learned coming into this business is I do not like managing people. So our entire team is outsourced. I love you, Melissa. <laughs> I love you. So you know how, you know how long it took me to admit that publicly, you know, people, I'm, I'm like, you know what? Everyone talks about a big team and 300 people and these team retreats and celebrating birthdays in the office. And I'm going, I don't want to do any of this. I don't That's want full-time people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't like hiring. I don't like firing. Like, I don't like those emotions. I love building businesses. I love sales. I love innovation. But I came into this, this business actually thinking I do not need any employees, including a co-founder. So I actually hired a dev shop to start with. Unfortunately, Who? Who did you use? Uh, well, because it didn't work out. Um, ah, I don't. Okay. Yeah, don't I didn't it. actually want to say. Yeah, I don't want to share it. Um, and well, tell me why. Was, what was the lesson? Can you tell me the lesson there? Why didn't it work? Was it your fault or their fault? I mean, I don't think it was anyone's fault, right? I think a lot of dev shops starts with, hey, I can do this. I can take the contract because it's a big contract. And then you also, and then you go into a product realizing if you don't have a person thinking about this product every single day, every living moment that's as invested as you, it's like having a restaurant without a chef. 
So I came in thinking, Hey, this, this dev shop can be my CTO and all my product things. And I can just go do, you know, what I do best, which is build the business, but it just doesn't work out like that. So I think they hugely underestimated what it took to build a product because they'd never built a product before. Um, And it turns out like my, my life partner, David, I did not know that he could code this well. (laughs) So he was Yeah. So he was actually fixing things for me because he was like criticizing this, criticizing that. And I'm like, why don't you go fix it? I can't fix it. And so he he started coding for us. And I was like, wait a second, you're actually like the 1% of the 1% coder. So I was like, why am I paying these people? Why don't I just end my relationship with them? And we work out an arrangement for you to be my co-founder. So he actually came in about a year into the business and we worked on an arrangement that, that works based on that. Um, and now he's my he's my co-founder. So we built that for a year and a half before we put um, eWebinar out on the market about two years ago. Let me break that down for a second. So tell me the painful number. How much money did you sink into this dev shop that didn't work before you cut it off? Uh, 350,000. Oh God. <laughs> but so it you... would have been more if I yeah. kept going. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair. Wow. Okay. 350K. I mean, could you not tell earlier? Why did it take you 350K? Why couldn't you cut off at 35K? Well, okay. So here's the number, right? So we sunk a lot of money into like branding and design. Like I am not a founder that's like, okay, let's do this on cheap. I'm all about ROI. So what is the maximum output that I can get for the minimum minimum input? And that doesn't mean paying the least, right? That means finding the the Pareto efficiency. So what we did was- And you have a beautiful website. So it pays off. So we hired the best person we thought we could get to do all the branding, the design. Um, and, and that costs a lot of money. I mean, that in itself was probably 65,000, yeah. right? And I'm saying like every single page of the website, every single page of the first version of the app and the branding and, and all that back and forth, right? And then you've got like dev shops charge in phases. So it was broken down into four phases, right? So we basically went through f- three phases before I was like, okay, I actually don't think continuing this makes sense because another mistake was my friend owned this dev shop. Ah, so that's tricky. it was okay. really difficult for me to say, Hey, you're not delivering because there was no reason for me to doubt him because I am not technical. So yeah. it wasn't really until David was looking through the code. Cause he was always going to be the bridge between this dev shop and us moving our quote unquote in-house team to Vietnam. So we actually, all our developers are from, uh, are from Vietnam and David is our CTO who still codes, but actually manages the team over there. So as that's he was looking at the code, he was like, wait a second, like this isn't the way it should be done. And that's when he stepped in. And that's when I had to have that hard conversation with my friend and say, Hey, I actually don't think this is going to end well. And you are actually sinking too many resources to try to make this happen. So it was a no-win situation for, for both yeah. of us. Do you guys care about valuation right now, specifically your valuation? Do you think you might raise soon or sell a portion of the company? There is no other tool on the internet that you can use to get a better and higher valuation than FounderPath's new valuation tool. We have over 253 deals that went down over the past 30 days, all the revenue numbers, all the valuations, and the multiplier. That way you can go filter the data, find companies that are your same size, what they sold or raised for or at, and then use those as comparables in your decks to argue and debate and get 
a higher valuation and less dilution, which is the name of the game, less dilution. Check it out today at founderpath.com forward slash products. That's plural forward slash valuations. Again, both plural founderpath.com forward slash products forward slash valuations. So you bring in David. Now, negotiating with a life partner for equity and business is not easy. So are we talking like 10%, 20% here? Or was it like a 50-50 split? Um, so another thing I learned in my previous business um, is while I, I have no doubt that there are some CTOs out there that can also build a business, but I am a firm believer that a CTO is a great product technology partner, but the business is built by the CEO. So in my previous business, it was a 50-50 split, but coming to this one, um, and because David had been there for my previous life, I was like, hey, based on my previous experience, what do you think is a fair number for you to feel invested and for you to feel like a co-founder, but also know that I'm going to be building the business around the product. So the split between us is 35-65, and it was something that that... Melissa yeah. holding to her guns. I yeah. love that story. That's yeah, a I mean, he, he, yeah, I mean, he put out that number. It was something that he felt was fair. And, and frankly, it's fair. I, I also great. think it's fair. I love that. Okay. Talk to me a little bit more. There's people watching this right now here on YouTube, on iTunes going, man, I want to use contractors too. I don't like full-time employees. So you learned what not to do, but you still, how many contractors did you pay at least a dollar last month? So our burn right now, so I don't pay myself, David and I don't okay. pay ourselves um, because I had previous, previous exit. We were able to kind of ride off that. So we're lucky in that way. Our burn hey, last Melissa, month, was that like, like, are you but, super rich or was that like a, a million dollar exit and you have, you know, a it year was, it was, so I'm not allowed to say the number based on yeah. our, our previous contract, but it was um, my personal exit was like in the low seven figures. Okay. So plenty of flexibility. Yeah. Some flexibility, but like for people hearing this, like don't forget that I sunk a decade into that. Yeah. So if you take that exit, like absolutely life changing, but if you divide it by 10, yeah, like that's like having like an amazing sales job at SAP, yeah. right? Yeah, and, that's and, a good And having all the benefits and, and all that stuff. But, you know, it could have gone the other way as well. Yep. So what do you, can I ask, what are your total expenses now per month? Yeah. So sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, it, it's about 60,000 is our burn. Okay. So for where we are, and if you've seen the product, like that is extremely efficient. Like we yeah, do not, not hire. That's total expenses or your net burn? Uh, my total expense. Okay. So got it. And very, so are you making, yeah. you're making more than 60 K in MRR yet or no? Um, no. So okay. my, the only thing that matters to me right now is profitability. So we just crossed 500k ARR. So we Congrats. just crossed. Thank you. But I'm still not paying myself. So well, that's uh, okay. people out there, it really takes a lot. Um, but yeah, so we're about um, 20k right now from that. I think we'll see it this year. Yeah. So just to be clear, you're doing about $40,000 a month in recurring revenue, 60k of expenses, yeah. you're burning 20k a month, but growing night. Yeah. I mean, so if you're at 45k per 40k per month right now in revenue, where were you exactly a year ago? So I have that number. I um I think it was like I want to say it's like 10k or, or something. Okay, like so that. you've grown. So where's the growth coming from? But tell us real quick last 2 minutes here. How are you signing up new customers? So truth be told we are, we have not fully figured that out yet. Marketing is is not something that I know well. Um but our biggest user acquisition channel is word of mouth. Um, for our price point of product, one-on-one sales does not work 
like outreach doesn't make doesn't make sense. So we are investing heavily in SEO and, and content. So our website traffic is going up significantly every month, but our number of demos is kind of staying stagnant. And our conversion rate, by the way, we only do demos through eWebinar. I do not do live demos, which is kind of amazing. Our conversion rate from demo to trial is 25% and all that converts on its own. And our trial to pay conversion rate is actually close to 70% every single month. Hmm. Okay. That, 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 those numbers work. And how many customers paying today? Uh, I think we just crossed 550. 550. You're getting some momentum here. This is great. Love this story. And just to be clear, just so everyone hears it again, bootstrapped, right? No capital raised, except your own. Um, yeah. No, friend, friends and family as well. And also okay. our own. And of course, time. Yeah. Fair enough. And you really are two people on the team and then everyone else is contractors, right? Two FTEs? Well, I mean, David's also a contractor. So okay. like literally everybody is a contractor. Oh, our CEO, our partnerships person, our dev team. We have multiple content writers. I mean, I think everybody should choose what where they want to spend their time. Mm-hmm. And that, that what really dev shop? is like a core belief. What dev shop do you use now? Do you want to share them? Yeah, um, it's HD WebSoft from hmm. Vietnam in Ho Chi Minh. We chose hmm. it because number one, we love Vietnam um, and we love going there. Number two, I had a lot of, co- uh, I have a lot of friends that tried them and said they were the best. However, I do not recommend it if you do not have a senior dev, senior engineer or a CTO that actually manages the team. Yep. Yep. And real quick on the content, what dev shop or, or how did you, sorry, not dev shop, but where did you find your writers? Man, that is so hard. Um, our COO actually turns out to be like, he's a great writer. He went to school as a playwright. So he actually heads most of our content. Um, and then a lot of the writers that help us, I just find through like referrals through LinkedIn. But we, we've tried a lot of them. We probably have tried over 20 writers. Wow. And we now have like three or four that we work with regularly. Yeah, very cool. Melissa, this is a great story. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your uh, last business book you read? Uh, I don't know, man. I would say Presentation Secrets of Steve Jobs. Highly recommend it. Yeah, that's a good one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Wow, it doesn't come off from the top of my head. That's okay. We can Just that, no, you know what? Justin Welsh. I am following him religiously. Number uh, three, what's your favorite online tool for building your own business besides eWebinar? Definitely Slack. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Nine or ten, I'm like a that's baby. Cool. That's, I love that. <laughs> and what's your situation? Mar- well, it sounds like you have a life partner, David, right? Any kids? No, uh, me okay. webinar is my kid, yeah. and um, <laughs> I think that's enough. <laughs> okay, and do you mind me asking, Melissa, how old are, how old are you? I am turning thirty nine. Thirty nine. Happy early birthday! Uh, <laughs> last question: Something you wish you knew when you were twenty? Start your own business early. <laughs> Guys, there you have it. Really great story here. E-webinar launched back in 2020. She burned 350K on an MVP before she learned that dev shop just wasn't going to work. She ended up bringing in her life partner, giving him 20, 35, you know, I think 35% is what, uh, is what she said. But guess what? She's really the only full-time employee here. And they're now doing 42, dollars $43,000 a month in revenue, 550 customers to help you run automated webinars with asynchronous live chat or asynchronous chat next to the webinar. That's the secret sauce. They're up again from $10,000 a month just a year ago. So healthy growth all bootstrap. She's a one woman wrecking machine. Melissa, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks so much, Nathan.